This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, my love tribe. Welcome to Heartblend Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Christian, and I help others love and discover themselves to reach their highest potential. If you're new here, then welcome. And if you're returning, then hello. I'm so excited and happy to have you here. So today we're going to cover how do we become attractive to others? So how does this whole attraction game really come into play? Is it really just looks? Absolutely not. That's just a very, very small portion of attraction. So there's a lot that is really played into the mix when it comes to if we're attracted to someone or not. And I find it so fascinating because our brains are doing a lot of work. It's pulling on a lot of information that's stored within our subconscious mind and our conscious mind and within our bodies, our own natural chemistry. And it really will judge the other person that's in front of us if we're attracted to them and it will let us know I'm attracted to this person. And it does it within a split second. And I find that to be so fascinating. (laughs) So today that's what we're going to cover. We're going to cover a little bit more to give us some more insight on how the science of attraction really works and how we can tap into it a little bit more. So in the previous episode, we covered how to really tap into the seven ways of being magnetically attractive, which is going to help boost your level of attractiveness overall. But this is coming more so from the perspective of how do we become attracted to others or why are we attracted to certain people? So let's jump into it. So I'm going to go over just a few of the things that allow for us to figure out why we're attracted to another person. Now, overall, we have a pyramid of things that we tap into very quickly that helps us to determine if we're attracted to someone or not. The first one is going to be status. This is their job, possession, physical appearance, things like that, their socioeconomic status, things like that. Those are status related. It's at the very, very bottom, but lifestyle, things of that nature. So the first thing we're going to go over is status. This is lifestyle, your job, your interests, what you like to do, possessions, your physical appearance, and any of those attributes. That's going to be at the very, very bottom of status. And so we do tend to be attracted to people that have more of a similar status to us or a lifestyle to us. And that's going to really make us feel more comfortable. So we look at that status first. And then we look at the health. Is this person healthy mentally, physically, emotionally? Are they healthy? Are they emotionally stable? Are they healthy physically? Do they look clean? You know, do they take good care of themselves? So if those two things pass, we move up to the level of if we're emotionally attracted to them. Can we trust them? Do we feel like we can open up to them as a person? Do you feel at ease in their presence? You know, so that's really when we start to figure out if we can actually become 
emotionally intimate with this person? Do we have good conversation? Do they make us laugh? Can we share stories together? Do we see things similarly? That's going to be that next level of attraction. And then from there, we're going to move up to the top of that pyramid, which is going to be logic. Now, when it comes to logic, that's when we're determining are we actually compatible? You know, I, I like you, I feel good around you, but is this gonna actually work? You know, is this gonna be a situation where we're gonna have to move or be closer to each other? Is it long distance? Are we compatible in the way that we see things? Do we have different belief systems religiously? Do we have a difference in the way that we want children? Do you want children I don't want children or vice versa? Do we see eye to eye? And if all those things really check into place, we're like, booyah, this is the one for me. So attractiveness is very important. I want us to be aware that attractiveness is that first level of intimacy. If you haven't listened to the episode, Eight Levels of Intimacy in my All Things Love series, definitely check that out. It's going to tell you everything you need to know when it comes to those eight levels of intimacy, but you cannot get very far if you're not attracted to the person that you're engaging with. The next thing that I want to cover when it comes to how we attract each other or the science of attraction when it comes to one another is there's also the dysfunctional side of things where we are attracted to what is familiar, not necessarily what is best for us. And I think that's kind of what people mean when they say, you know, just pay attention to how they treat you. But we really have to utilize our brains on this one. So for instance, a lot of men are attracted to women that are very pouty in their pictures or their look if they have that resting biatch face (laughs) if they have that resting face where they just look mean because this will tap into his subconscious mind if his mother was not very nurturing or caring or happy if she was hard to please if she was the disciplinarian if she was very rough and tough with him he will actually find a woman that is very pouty or very mean in her appearance to be more attractive and i do see that a lot of people are attracted to that but if the male had a very happy mother or friendly mother or nurturing kind mother, then he's going to be attracted to women that have a beautiful smile and are warm and friendly. So it doesn't actually mean that that person is good or bad for them, but their brain has already established some familiarity in, oh, this feels familiar. We're attracted to this. This taps into a little bit of our own story by seeing this person who resembles some characteristics that we know very well. So that is one side of it. And women are typically attracted to men that are not smiling as much all the time, but a little bit more serious in their facial expressions because this would then make him less vulnerable, which would make him safer to be around. So that's just a little bit of the science behind that one, but that's all general information. We all kind of adapt and change a little bit according to what we are attracted to over time. But I wanted to bring that up because sometimes you find yourself attracted to dysfunctional things if you 
grew up with dysfunctional parents or a dysfunctional household. You might be attracted to those that might lead towards more of a negative experience if your parents were very negative or if your caregivers were very negative. So that's something to keep in mind as well. So really take time if you need to heal that, focus on healing that as well. So you don't attract the wrong partners for you. So maybe that theory of not focused on what you're attracted to came from uh, individuals that had a dysfunctional background. But typically speaking, if you came from a very healthy mindset and healthy background, definitely, definitely take hold of what you're attracted to because it's telling you a lot of information about what would be a good fit for you for a partner. The next thing that I thought was really, really interesting is that we are attracted to those that are very dominant in certain hormones that we also have or the opposite of what we have. And again, this isn't something that you can see right off the bat. It's not something that you can even smell, but subconsciously you actually pick this up when you're around the person. People that are more dopamine dominant are those that are very curious and creative and they are likely to be pairs. So they're not going to be attracted to any opposites of that. They're going to be attracted to those that are similar to them. So these are the people that are driven by their dopamine. They're more dominant in dopamine. They get hits of dopamine more often. So they're going to be more curious. They're going to be seeking things a lot more. They're going to be more creative. They're going to do a lot more because they're getting hits of dopamine more frequently. So those two are going to be more attracted towards each other. Then you have those that are more serotonin based. And these people are more conscientious as well as more rule following. They follow the rules. They don't want to be too much of a risk taker. They like to play it safe. These two people are going to be more compatible and they're going to really stick with one another. And then we have more of the testosterone dominant people that are more analytical, skeptical, and also more tough skinned. They're going to be attracted to those that are more oxytocin driven or estrogen driven, the ones that are more imaginative and more nurturing. So they're going to be attracted to the opposite and those two would make a good pair. So that's kind of how without realizing it, we're attracted to that as well. So our brains are picking all of that up all at that time and we don't even know what's happening. So I find that to be very, very interesting as well. The next way that we are attracted to others is through familiarity. So when others say, a lot of times people get very offended when they are called average. I I know we've heard this before where it's like, oh, you're never average, you're not average. But there is an advantage of actually fitting within a space of the average or the norm of how most people appear. When you look familiar you're more prone to actually finding a mate because we like to attach ourselves to things that feel comfortable to us, things that feel familiar. If you have very strong, unique features that not a lot of people have, if you are very extreme in your beauty, a lot of times it can be difficult to really pair with someone that looks very different than you. So there needs to be some sense of familiarity because we are kind of programmed over time with 
our family members and all these things, these make us feel safe. These make us feel comfortable. These make us feel like ourselves. And so a lot of times people are not going to reach so far out to choose something that's completely different. They could even have a different skin tone. They could have a different race or a different ethnic background, but there will be something about them that is familiar. On the outside, maybe the audience doesn't know the the backstory to everything, but there will be something familiar to that person. Rather, it's their energy or rather it's, you know, the way they laugh or their voice. It may be similar to a, a family member that they also have. So keep that in mind that familiarity is something that's very, very powerful when it comes to attraction, especially depending on the strength of the attachment that someone could have had to what they're attracted to. So if someone's very attached to their mom, and even if their mom passed away, they can easily become extremely attracted to someone that is very familiar or very similar to their mother. And not in that ancestral way, but just in that way that it's like, I really feel comfortable around you. I really feel really secure around you. I don't even know you, but I feel really good about you because you remind me of a family member or a father or mother or whoever. So that's something to keep in mind. The next way that we are extremely attracted to someone is through our desires and repressed emotions. Now, this is a point in which we feel a little bit more of the head over heels attraction. When we feel like that uncontrollable attraction, that strong chemistry is when that person is tapping into our repressed emotions and our deepest desires, the things we keep hidden, our secret desires, the things that we really don't like to embrace about ourselves that they bring out. Maybe it's something that's the complete opposite of what you project, but it is a part of you. So say for instance, if you're more on the masculine side and you're out there and you're having to do a lot of work or you're always the responsible one or anything like that, if you're around someone that's a little bit more feminine and they're more of this like free-spirited energy, that will really bring that out in you and you're going to feel even more attracted to that person because it's bringing out an opposite energy of what you normally carry. So therefore, it makes you feel more whole as a person. And then the complete opposite. If you're more of this fun, free-spirited person and then you meet this other person that has more of this dominance or this strong, bold energy that's unshakable, that can really make you feel as though there's a wholeness there, there's a unity that's there because there's that harmony between yin and yang. So that can make you feel very, very attracted. And then aside from that, your deepest desires, if you already have an ideal person in mind, you have already pictured or created this imaginary perfect person for you. So it's very easy that once this other person comes in the picture and they fit a lot of those boxes and a lot of those characteristics that you've already created of what you would want in a partner, boom, the attraction level is sky high and they didn't have to do much. So this is why it's really, really good to 
meet a lot of people, learn a lot, learn what works best for you, what you know you need for yourself, but also keeping a level head to know that take a little bit of time to really get to know that person versus, oh, you fit all these boxes, you're the one, boom, because we can get easily seduced by someone just fitting the ideal characteristics of what we're looking for. One thing to keep in mind is that we have these natural chemicals that are released from our brains when we feel attracted to someone. And when we feel that closeness, when we hug, when we embrace each other, our brains release that oxytocin so that we feel that cuddle hormone kick in and we're like, hmm, it just makes us feel really good. It's almost like a drug. It's very addictive. So we're really made to be very social and, and affectionate with one another. When you feel attracted to someone, your brain actually is going to be more stimulated. You're actually going to be more nervous. More adrenaline is going to kick in when we're really attracted to someone. And so it can be a lot when you're in the presence of that person to really keep your cool. So those are a lot of the ways that we become attracted to another person. So as you can see, I covered a lot that really didn't say much about your appearance. The appearance does matter, but it's literally just that first layer that's there. And then there's so much more that happens after that to really maintain and to keep that level of attraction flowing. So keep that in mind. Definitely don't shut yourself down if you feel like you don't fit this physical beauty standard and just think that, well, I'm just not attractive. I'm just not going to do anything. Don't fall into that trap because it is just an illusion. There's much, much more that comes into play. And that's why when a lot of Uh, women in particular get so hung up on, oh, I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't look like this. I don't look like that. So I'm never going to get married. I'm like, whoa, (laughs) hold on now. You don't even know how you affect another person or how someone could perceive you or your energy that you give off. Or if you remind someone of someone that feels close to their heart, you have no clue of the effect and the power you have when you're around another person. So please don't shortchange yourself. Don't limit yourself into believing that because you don't look like a model that you're just doomed to not meet a certain type of person. When actuality, most of the time, people that are super, super pretty, if they don't have anything else to go along with it, they're very boring. And a lot of times people grow bored with them. They don't take them seriously. They don't really connect with them very well because they're just so distracted by their physical beauty that they don't take time to invest more because there's kind of like a little bit of a wall there. It's a little bit too much of a distraction. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't be more beautiful or less beautiful or anything like that. What I'm saying is, is that when it comes to looks, it's literally just a very small percentage of what goes into play when it comes to our levels of attraction and if we're attracted to that person. Me personally, I've seen a lot of guys that physically, physical characteristics, yeah, they're attractive or they're, you know, physically handsome, but their energy is off, personality don't click well, the vibe's not right. It doesn't really matter how they look, you know? So now I want to go over just some ways to know if someone may or may not be attracted to us. So these are just a few little things that I've learned over time um, that have really helped me just uh, 
keep in mind that our bodies talk more for us than we actually talk ourselves. As I mentioned before, 90% of our communication is nonverbal, but if you don't know the language, then you might miss some things. So number one, if a person's feet are pointed directly to you while you're speaking or just engaging in conversation, if they seem very open in their stance when they're talking to you, this means that they could possibly be very attracted to you or they're very engaged in the conversation. They're very interested in talking to you more. We're not aware of this. We're not even paying attention to it because a lot of times we're making eye contact. So we don't even see all these little things that are happening a lot of times. The next thing to keep notice, if the person is fixing their hair, their really kind of touching their clothes a little bit. If they're adjusting themselves while they're speaking to you, they're wiping off their face. They're really just trying to keep in mind that they want to look their best around you because they're attracted to you. If someone actually starts to fan themselves or if they are opening up their chest or kind of looking like they're getting air, they're cooling off a little bit, they might actually feel really, really hot and flustered around your presence. So this is something to keep in mind if you see someone kind of fanning themselves. Now, if it's really hot outside, then that's different. Please don't. (laughs) Well, it was 92 degrees and they seem really hot for me. Now, just keep in mind context. If you're in an environment where you're not hot, nobody else is hot, but they're burning up and they're in your presence, yeah, they might be kind of hot for you. Another way to know if someone is attracted to you is through the eyes. So take note of their gaze. How are they looking at you? Do they look at you intently? Do they make strong eye contact? And do they hold it a little longer than necessary? How is their touch? Do they linger when they touch your hand or your arm or anything like that? Just a smidgen more, just a tiny bit more than in a normal situation will tell you a lot of information about them and how they feel about you as well. Of course, this is all under different contexts, so definitely take your time, really feel the person out, and truth be told, time will reveal all truths and you will know soon enough if the person is truly attracted to you and is really, really interested in you more than just friends. So those are some ways that we actually become attracted to one another. It's very fascinating. And also just some little tips to know if someone could be attracted to you if they haven't told you just yet. So I hope that you all enjoyed this episode. Definitely stay tuned for more. Thank you for tuning in. This is Heart Blend Podcast.